Negroes are we, brother to brother and everyone, a brave amigo. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of season 3 of the Three Amigos FBL podcast. I'm your host Don and I'm joined as always by my amigo Mars and my amiga Kylie. As our tradition, we begin our podcast with a brief review of the previous game week with the best score in poem or song format. So that for game week 21 is our poet in waiting, Marzi. Eeny, meeny, mane or mo. Was it a good week? I don't know. I think it was okay because I had mane and mo. 48 points beats my amiga and amigo oh and welcome to anfield minamino <laughs> <laughs> that was very cute uh, <laughs> even with the dig uh, by the way <laughs> yeah uh kylie i'm um, i'm second so um i'll, I'll go next oh I you was, just had I, to I slot I that in that there much, as well thanks yeah i wasn't that much ahead of you but um i was marginally so um <laughs> with captain verde <laughs> With Captain Vardy yet again MIA, Jimmy did nothing to save the day. Soy and Trent, Todd and Sadio, all the rest done fuck all adio. 46 minus 8, that's uh, 38 points and down to just inside 500k. So um, not very good, but uh, Kylie, um, you can depress us. Okay, um, I'd like to preface this by saying it's only marginally longer than a tweet, but I should get a free pass. And also, I call this Ode to a Liar. Why should you get a free pass? Because Mars has had loads, right? It's a bad day. She gets a free pass, Don. Let it go. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, yo, Brandon, you cad, how could you do that? You lied about Vardy, you utter asshat. My captain-to-be, with Kane as my vice... Dodgy hammy but scored. What? Var says no dice? Not better, I swear. Who needs a hat trick? Q subbed in Rico. I'm about to be sick. 32 points. Now my team's in the hearse. This game, I swear, is just so perverse. <laughs> uh, you did warn us it was a little bit dark, and yeah, it, it involved a hearse. So dark. Yeah, I went, I, I went there, yeah. So um, let's quickly cover the standings in the Three Amigos Classic League. Um, up in top spots, up back up actually, top spot is CP Warriors. That's Rui de Oliveira's team. Second place up is Ayoya. That's uh, Chang Ting's team. LA Riots, Evan Guest is up into third again. And Dejeto, Georgie Bozanov's team, is down to fourth place. And up into fifth spot is James LGBTQ+. And he's going to kill me with that, I'm trying to do that every week. But uh, well done, Oliver Busk, up into fifth spot. So well done to all of our managers and um, best of luck in the coming game weeks. Um, normally this section of the show, we do our rant of the week. And normally it is my man, Marzi, that I hand the microphone over to. But tonight it is Kylie. Yeah, so it, it's not really a rant, I guess. It's just um, I'd like to take a minute to talk about what's happening um, back in Australia. So, you know, to be honest, the, the last week, more than the last week, but especially the, the last two weeks, I would say it's been quite hard to focus on something like fantasy football as much as we enjoy it. But just in light of the fact that my beautiful home is burning on all sides, over in Australia. Um, so I guess these fires have been raging for for months now 
Um, and I, bushfires are common in Australia. It, it's really a part of the natural cycle there just because of the conditions. Um, and, you know, the, the thing that I don't think people necessarily realise is how far back it's been going. Um, in some cases, as far back as, as late August, certainly September. And, I mean, that's winter in Australia, basically, in the start of spring. Fire season is literally just beginning because January and February are when we usually get our fires. So the very famous Black Saturday fires in Victoria in 2009, which I remember vividly, were on February the 3rd. You know, during these two months, we would tend to get a lot of days that are 40 plus. So the conditions are only going to get worse. And this is a country that's in drought. I, the amount of wonderful responses on Twitter I have seen in, in different threads, um, and that is amazing. But some of the ignorant responses I've seen as well from some people who are basically like, well, just get more water, you know, like, oh, if it was that easy, people would do it. This is an enormous country that is currently massively under-resourced, despite the amazing efforts of a lot of volunteers, the CFA, military forces are in, and your average person is doing as much as they can. Pretty much everyone except the PM, Scott Morrison, but we're not going to talk about him. He doesn't deserve the airtime right now. Um, it, and I guess people are aware that the magnitude is, is significant, but I, I think that there are many who still can't quite fathom the scale that that this is at what we're talking about. So currently it's about 6 million hectares that are impacted. So for reference, the Amazon fire of last year was 800,000 hectares. The Californian fires in 2018, 900K. So 6 million hectares. And these fires are, are not stopping. They're not slowing down. It's still going. Um, I mean, half a billion native animals are estimated to have died about a third of the koala population, and they are already um, classified as functionally extinct. So they're, they're not extinct in the sense that we would traditionally understand, but, you know, based on a whole bunch of different parameters, their populations are dwindling. Um, so, you know, the, the devastation is its just it's impossible to wrap your head around, and I'm sure many of you have seen some of the videos of the of the the fires and and people trying to escape. There was one very famous one with um, fire services um, from inside the the truck and trying to put a blanket up as they try and steam out. Um, and fortunately, they escaped. But it's very real and it's very very scary. It's fast spreading. People, thousands of homes have been lost. 24 people have died that they know of right now. Um, I am fortunate in that my family and friends are all based in Melbourne City Centre. Um, the air quality is pretty terrible by all accounts there uh, due to the smoke travelling in, but they're not currently threatened by fire um, and are unlikely to be. But I guess the, the key point is that there are so many people who are not in that position. They are trapped in really scary situations. They're trying to evacuate. And, I mean, there's the traffic on highways and everything. It's, it's just mind-boggling. So I guess my ask of everyone would be that you think of the people back there, uh, keep them in your thoughts and wish them well. And if you are in a position or so inclined to donate to any of the, the causes um, involved, there's wildlife, 
Country Fire Association, Lodes Food Bank, everything, then that would be wonderful as well. Very well put, Kay. Very well put, yeah. It is hard to fathom the scale of it. I know that I saw one thing. It was like superimposed the area of it over um, over the map of Ireland. And yeah. for scale, it pretty much covered the entirety of the island of Ireland. That's that's burnt basically in Australia. And, uh, and it's kind of hard even to grasp the scale of it. Thoughts are with everyone there. And, um, and hopefully it will end soon. Well, let's move on with our listener questions, okay? So um, we'll get back to a bit of fantasy football. We want to get on a lot, obviously, to talking about the double game week strategies and plans to do with Liverpool and West Ham players. But first, um, I wanted to come to you first, Kay, on chip strategy. There's been a big increase in chip talk in the community with the first double game week on the horizon and the the Cups in full swing, of course. Uh, Colin O'Connella was asking about what our chip strategy was looking like at the moment with a hat tip to the great work of Ben Crellin. Um, tip triple captain in 24 or roll the dice and wait for future opportunities. Um, so, Kylie, what way are you looking at the chips at the moment? No, it's early enough, but um, triple captain-wise, definitely people are looking at this double game week 24 yeah they are and with just cause um look things could fall in an interesting way that would uh, accommodate a viable triple captain pick later in the season but i guess my thinking there's two key thoughts for me here right maybe three so the first is that based on how the title race is and i know you're both superstitious liverpool fans but looking at it mathematically there is a very good chance that we will get to a point where there are double game weeks later in the season and everything is relatively tied up, which means that we could see increased rotation, we could see reduced motivation, lots of these things that do impact on, on double game weeks. Um, so there's there's always this sense with the triple captain, like you've got this one shot at getting it right. You know, a bench boost, you could have one of the people on your bench do brilliantly and that's kind of made the whole thing work. But with the triple captain, you're really putting all your eggs in one basket. And I very much think that the unknown of the future can't really hold a candle for me to the prospect of a double game week early enough in the season when everything is still to play for, when they have a six-day break between um, the two matches. And then I think it's another three days until the the match the following week. But um, that's a good break. You know, that's you would anticipate full-strength sides in both of those matches. We don't really see a huge amount of rotation from Klopp anyway. I mean, certainly didn't over the Christmas period. But, like, if, if you compare it to, say, City and looking at a City asset um, and the agony and the stress over will this person play, you don't really have that same experience with the Liverpool guys. We have waited years Certainly as long as I've been playing fantasy football, there has not been a Liverpool double game week and certainly not in the last number of years where we would want one because we'd be wanting to invest in these key Liverpool attacking assets over a double game week. So this opportunity has presented itself. I think it looks like a great shout. How you determine who you would use that on is entirely up to you and there'll be many factors, depending on whether you've got a double up in attack, whether you fancy a punt on Trent, 
who's in form and so on. But in terms of the, the chip itself, I, I just think I'll make the decision on how I want to play a lot of other the other chips, the wild card, free hit, bench boost later on. This looks ready-made for a triple captain, and I think it will be used for a triple captain quite extensively. So something to bear in mind for those who are deciding to wait. So a couple of things, yeah. Um, so I've got a pro and and and, and against. Um, agree with everything Kylie's saying about um, the space, etc. Liverpool, they're absolutely going going for it. Um, yes, it's too not not the easiest away games, um, but um, you you know you might want to be sitting down right now. Um, one second, yes. Uh, so, I'm sorry, did you do research? Salah against Wolves played three. Salah against Wolves played three, scored one, assisted one against West Ham. Played four, four goals, one assist. Mane played three against Wolves, three goals. Played eight against West Ham, three goals and three assists. Um, Robertson three clean sheets against Wolves in three games. West Ham six games, one goal, two assists and one clean sheet. Trent two. Uh, Twice against Wolves, an assist and two clean sheets. West Ham, two, uh, twice, one clean sheet. Um, so, Mars, no, it's... Uh, Mars, you're making me so... <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, uh, wait, the, the, I... Oh, I Mars is busted. See, I can't even see who... You know, I took it off Twitter. And I, I, and I genuinely <laughs> can't see who it is because I took a snap of it. So, I apologise for whoever put that assist. It's not versus, it's not Matty, because I remember when I first saw it, I was like, oh, Matty normally does this. But it was somebody else, so great, thank you for that. You know, look, uh, you know what I think of stats, and this is all in the past, and I don't even know if it's home or away, but it just shows the, the variety, variety in there. Um, uh, for, for, for the Liverpool players, if you want to use the TC. Um, now, the, the, the other thing that I would say is, um, in the last, one se- uh, last season or two, I've changed tactics and I use my TC early because I feel, as to what, Kylie said, you know, sometimes things are done. Sometimes uh, things are tighter near the end of the season. Um, and I've wasted it before. So last season, I put it on Aguero in a small double game week and, and I was laughing. So I think sometimes uh, w- what happens with a smaller game week is you could be in the minority as well. And not everybody no. not everybody might have a player that you go for. So not, everybody, not a lot of people had Aguero last season. Now, of course, this season, many people have Mane and Salah. And if you have the uh, double up, you're in, at the moment in a 4.6 minority. So to even triple one of them, um, you know, there is about 62%, I think, who have w- at least one. So with a triple, you know, the gains on this triple captain, if you use it with Liverpool, might not be as much because you're only getting one more than a Mane captain. Yeah, because let's be honest, the people who don't triple captain will probably go with a with a Mane, a Salah or maybe Trent if they feel, if they if they fancy, fancy a risk. Now, um, my slightly against argument is um, Leicester could get a blank in game week 28, which means that they will have a Norwich and a Palace, I believe, at home. Uh, we will not. So if they get to the EFL, so if they get to the final of the Carlin Cup and they are playing Villa uh, in the semis, we, uh, they, will, they will blank that game week. Uh, I don't know exactly when it will fall. Uh, you need to follow Ben for that. I'm not sure 100%, to be honest. Um, ben Krillin. But Leicester, triple captain against those two teams, um, is very mouth-watering as well. And what, what Carly said is absolutely true. 
about sometimes um you know the the the, the inspiration to go for a title is got title is gone but we all know attackers like Vardy Kane and these guys near the end of the season or even sometimes when things are done they go for it because they want that they want that uh, either the England place not for Vardy but the the golden boot or or sometimes it's it's just the selfishness so that's the only reason at the moment we won't know by the way until probably game week 25 or 26 so it's a risk that you take um um if if Leicester will make it or not and that's the one thing that at the moment is making me think do I go with Liverpool or do I wait Mm, yeah. Interesting. It is Loaded. food for thought. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's a gamble. It's a risk. I don't know. Let's see. I mean, look. We say you don't know until um, game week twenty six. Now, if Leicester go and beat Villa comfortably in the first leg, we might know as much as, as late as as early as this week that Leicester are going to be in the final. If they yeah. if they go and win yeah. by four or five, right? We might. It's it's just then it depends when it falls, etc. Um, I don't want. I, I'm not gonna just sit there and copy Ben's words. Go, go and have a look at what Ben said because he does talk about it. It is one of these things, though. I think that you, with with it being like Liverpool and it being certainty of us knowing that this is here, it is yeah. one of these things where kind of you either have to pass it and kind of just take the chance on on a better one appearing down the line or a better opportunity. But it is hard to pass yeah. this opportunity. It has to be said. Again, yeah, and you have to wear that risk. If yes, you're going to do it and be comfortable yeah. with that risk. Yeah, and the other thing is, you know, like I talked about the Mane and Salah ownership because it will be high, but so is Vardy's. So <laughs> yeah, because yeah. sometimes you want to, sometimes the be- the most beautiful thing about triple captain is if you if you own a player that not many people do because you'll fly. But that that normally people, you know, unless you're me and you uh, triple cap- captain Andy Carroll, uh, you know, when Sanchez <laughs> was triple captain, when Aguero was triple captain, they all uh, had high ownership. So don't worry too much about it. It's just more about how. Where do you think the most explosiveness will come? I do advise that it's used earlier than 34 or 37, just because there's so many players that will be using it in 34 and 37, and the games might be less, and also because of what everything that Carly said. Mm. Good stuff. Thanks a million, folks. Um, let's move on to the double game week thoughts. Um, as we did mention a good bit there, of course, we're um, Liverpool and West Ham both have their double game game week in 24. Um, Hindu Monkey was asking, first of all, should Jesse Lingard for- formally retire? Well, um, Hindu, like he's uh, he's apparently just come off social media quite a bit, so um, prepare to watch this space because uh, young Jesse Lingard could be about to break out. Also, is Seb Haller now a serious contender for the next few weeks with a new manager bounce and the double on the horizon? Is Kylie uh, tempted to return for some sloppy seconds with Haller? We'll get to Kylie on that one in a minute. FBL Dave at FBL Beer Club was asking about to get a hammer or not. This is the question, and it certainly is, because there was a lot of the questions were to do with West Ham, including from FBL Hoosier. Uh, doesn't consider a West Ham player essential for the double game week, but how much is reasonable? Uh, seven million for a forward. Um, basically, the kind of is kind of the the cost price of that, or maybe just stick with defence or goalkeeper. He's thinking of Noble as a cheap option into that um, into that West Ham team for the for the double game week. And in relation to Liverpool, Hindu Monkey was also asking about Salah. Mane destroys your team balance. Is it worth it? And Jeff was asking, is Mo or Robbo the better shield pick um, coming up? And of course, shield pick for those of you who may not be quite as much up 
on the lingo is kind of their protective, the, sh- the safe one. If you are protecting maybe a very good rank and you don't want to have as much volatility in it, it's kind of a shield pick as opposed to a sword pick, which is a little bit more risky. Um, so i uh, come to you first, Donut Mersey. Um, what's your thinking on the double game week at the moment? With a specific uh, reference, of course, to a lot of people are debating whether or not they want to double up in the Liverpool midfield and attack with maybe Firmino involved there as well, or to go for the double defence with Robbo, Van Dijk, maybe Gomez, and of course Trent. Yeah, sorry, before I do that, just one more thing that I, com- that I, I needed to mention about the Leicester thing. Uh, for, for the game to be a blank in game week 28, they both need to lose and not go through to the fifth cup, fifth round of the cup. I just checked on it. But Leicester and City, for example, let's say City, you know, well, you know, they have chance, they they have easier fixture if they were both to go through. So just just a quick note, keep following and checking Ben Ben's um, Twitter account for this if you if you're interested in the Leicester assets. Now to go back to this question, uh, look, there's no one that is going to sit there and tell you the right answer if you go double D or double A. So that's double defence or double attack for you pervert-minded people out there. Yeah? Um, it's um, because we don't know. Now, some people are going to go... Um, some people are, are, I see on Twitter going, let's go... All, um, d- double defence is the right way to go. Uh, so Trent and Robo plus one of Mane or Salah. And other people are saying, no, Mane and Salah are the right answer with Trent. Nobody knows. What I say is the winners right now are the ones who made their uh, decision quickly and moved on it. So, for example, for me, I decided last week that I was going to go Mane, Mo and uh, Trent. And I I have them all and I've already started getting their points. The more that you think about it, the more time that you you spend, you're losing on their points because they've got good fixtures. They're playing for a good team. They're playing for an attacking team. Make a decision and stick with it. If you have now, it depends on your team structure and in your team's setup. I agree. Where I don't agree is it dismantles your team. It doesn't. You have to sacrifice on anything that you do in FPL. You can't have all the players that you always want. However, because of the cheap forwards and the cheaper playing defenders like Lundstrom, like Kelly, the the never should be mentioned again, Rico, uh, Brighton defenders that are cheap, doing well, etc. You are able, and up top you have. Vardy, who's not the most expensive. Ings, absolutely cheap. Jimenez, not the most expensive. You're able to fit Mane and Mo plus KDB. Now, you tell me if there is any other better midfielders than those three. Somebody will come and say Spurs. Absolutely. But Spurs are not playing well. Son is just back. Let's see what he does. But are you telling me Son is going to outscore Mane, Omo, or KDB in this? Maybe. Maybe not. I, I personally don't think Son have taken that gamble. I could be wrong. But those who say dismantles your team, I, I don't think it does. I mean, it's it's you have to take a sacrifice somewhere. Maybe it's a Rashford or or a Jimenez or, in my case, I was a bit lucky. Kane got injured, but it was always going to be highly likely to be Kane that goes, um, especially mm. with the way Spurs are playing. Um, so I I don't think it, it does affect your team that much. Um, so that's that's. I think, I think if you're set up, as you said, Mersey, if you're set up in that way that you have the budget in midfield, I definitely my team has been like that all all year. Mm. Whereas if you do have to do a lot more restructuring, if you have a lot more invested up front, and um, maybe there's a little bit more jiggling to do. But with a double game week, it's kind of hard to see how it wouldn't be worth the uh, the 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 effort, I guess, and the planning for it. I, I um, agree. I think the one thing we all agree on 
is you need three Liverpool players. The one thing that most people seem to agree on is Trent should be one of them. <laughs> that, mm. That's 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 the easier one. And then you decide if you already if you already if you already have Trent Robbo and and you want to bring a midfielder, don't go selling a, a Liverpool player to bring another. I would say stick with what you have and add to it. Don't change it because you think some. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, Liverpool are getting tighter. That the wing backs will always del- de- deliver, uh, and Salah Mane could always explode. It's it's um it's 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 that kind of like simple but not simple. Um, mm. quickly touch on West Ham before we go to Carly on her favorite player. Um, for me, <laughs> for me, I made those moves early for Liverpool players, and I and I'm gonna wait on West because I don't need to rush on West Ham. I don't think they have the most amazing fixtures. I can wait and see what Moyes is doing. We, they already have injuries because Fredericks is out for six weeks. He might have been an option. Now, is Zabaleta an option? Um, Fabianski is an option. But to be honest, most of us have either Henderson, Ryan, etc. Do you need to change a keeper right now? I definitely would not take a hit for it. But Fabianski is a good option because he will get you saves. Will, will they get clean sheets? Listen, they played an awful Bournemouth team. They're not going to have that many easy games going forward. There's still some good players. Now, with, the, with, their, with their midfielders... I think Noble is coming into a question because he scored two in the first game. So, do you take that into account? Yes, I think I think he's a good option because he's on penalties and he's cheap. If I want an ex, the way I look at it is, right now I've got four weeks to decide. I'm thinking maybe Fabianski for sure to come in uh, for that double game week, and then I'll decide if I keep him or not. Now, do I want an extra West Ham midfielder? Uh, considering I probably can't get to the likes of Felipe Anderson, he's a bit too expensive, or Lanzini, who's, who gets injured too much. It would be either Snodgrass or Noble. Or the, the, the really important thing is don't forget the other fixtures and the other players. You know, Wolves had good, have good fixtures. Don't ignore Torore just because Noble's got a double game week. Watford, and I'm sure I, I, I know Kylie's going to cover Watford. Saar has got good fixtures and he's been doing really well and they have been doing really well. They've got good fixtures. I've got my eye on him and I might I might decide because I've made my Liverpool moves early, I, I can make a couple of moves before even double double game with twenty four without taking any hits and bring somebody else in. Because one of some of the mistakes that we usually do is we focus so much on double game week players that we forget the other games. So yeah. just keep an eye on on the overall picture as well. There are some good players. Leicester have good fixtures. They have good midfielders too, etc., etc. Yeah, I'll, I'll let Kylie <laughs> in in a second on it. Yeah, but uh, I know that Fabianski definitely he he takes all the boxes in terms of he's given the double game week, and you do have to you know, avoid all the kind of noble feels a little bit like an Andy Carroll show to me. It's one of them ones that you'll feel like a right genius if it works out. But if he just kind of, he might even, you know, I don't know how many minutes he's playing at the moment. I haven't really looked at Noble too much. He's one of these players that does pop up with a couple of penalties. And yeah. he's, he's, he's Mr. West Ham. He, he plays. plays. He plays. Uh, do you know what? Go, I go think Noble is just really not the worst shout under certain circumstances. Mm-hmm. Like, I would say if you're one of those people that maybe does have a, a Traore, two two scenarios maybe. If you have a Traore and you've got them through the good fixtures, um, and and then they don't have a great fixture that week because they're playing Liverpool, and you decide I'm going to take a punt on a quick downgrade to Noble just for this game week, and you have the luxury of transfers. Maybe you're in a Mars kind of position where you're already set up. 
and you can do that and you think, well, it's not going to do any harm. Two games, I'm not taking a hit. He could get the penalties, not the worst shout. Likewise, if maybe you have to do some surgery and a downgrade, a lot of people have downgraded to Traore to fund getting Salah or someone in. And while I wouldn't want to be bringing Noble in right now, I'd, I'd rather have Traore. But if you are leaving that move until a little bit closer to the double game week, maybe he could be a shout then. But he's not one that's going to set the world on fire. I think he could be a, a decent for his price addition if it happens to complement what you're doing. But I wouldn't mm. go out of the way for him. And I'd manage expectations. And uh, tell us now, Seb Haller, um, of course, uh, <laughs> Monkey phrased it beautifully. Are you going to go back for some sloppy seconds with Haller? Do you know what? He was a differential when I had him, and he was a differential for a very good reason. Um, <laughs> I would never go back to never go back to him, and I struggle to convince myself to go back to West Ham in general. Um, and he's done absolutely nothing since we parted ways to give me reason to believe that I shouldn't have left him. So, no, I will not be going back for sloppy seconds. And I think on West Ham, that's about all that I have to say on West Ham. You've covered it with Fabianski. Maybe see what the story is with cheap defence. But I think West Ham are very much a luxury move. Like, if you are fully set up and you decide you want to take a punt on a West Ham player and you're in a position to do so with that kind of, damaging your team or taking any hits, then mm. maybe it, it's worth doing. It's fun having double game week players in your team, but yeah. they are yeah. not good fixtures. The only one where I think uh, the fixtures kind of complement him is, is in fact Fabianski because, um, you know, I don't really fancy them for clean sheets against anyone, but with the types of teams that he's playing, I fancy that he will get a lot of saves because there will be a lot of shots. So um, he could work out. But I think West Ham yeah. are what they are. Um, Liverpool, which is really the key area of interest, um, I think Marzi touched on it really well in terms of the divide between double attack and double defence. I think there's absolutely pros and cons for both. I mean, historically speaking, the top scorer in a double game week pretty much every time I can remember has been a defender. Um, Trent or even Robbo certainly have the ability to deliver on um, that record and continue it. So hindsight could 100% tell us that now that Liverpool have firmed up defensively that and, you know, the guys are capable of all of these attacking returns, that that proves to be the way to go. However, I there's a couple of things here for me. One, I keep coming back to this horrible memory that Mars alluded to not long ago in terms of the double game week for City last year. And to get, I had Sane, the dreaded Sane, and I had Sterling. And to get Aguero in, I would have had to perform some level of surgery. Now, I could have done it, but I convinced myself that it wasn't worth the effort of doing that. Um, I captained Sane. We all know what happened there. And a lot of other people captain to Guerra. They brought him in, they captained him, they triple captained him. The blow of that game week was staggering. 
uh, particularly in my mini league. So it, it's something that haunts me um, to this day because traditionally I would go for the Aguero in that moment. And then I didn't on this occasion. I look at this double game week and while I completely see the merit of going for double Liverpool um, defence, I think it's absolutely a viable strategy. I personally can't look away from Mane and Salah. I am able to get them both in, so I will be doing the same um, triple up as Mars and many others. Um, I have Kane as well. Kane was always going to be going this week anyway, so the injury is irrelevant. I brought him in for three game weeks. He performed in two of them. Um, so I have I have Mane and uh, I have the ability to get Salah in. And part of it comes down to not only do I want to have the option of either of them for triple captaincy, but also if you – so there's the differential factor that Mars mentioned, which is great. The ownership of from active managers who actually have the, all of those players is really low. But when you have the individuals, so Salah's ownership and particularly um, Mane's ownership, which is at about 40%, um, those guys are going to be captained or triple captained by people anyway. And I'd – much rather have Mane while people are triple captaining. I might triple captain Mane, say, and other people have triple captained Salah. And I haven't, but I still have Salah. We don't know which one or both or whoever is going to return, but I'd like to have both bases covered there. I also feel like it's really exciting. So I'm kind of protecting against triple captains to a degree um, by having those key players because I don't think people are going to triple captain Robertson over Mane, Salah, or even Trent. You know, so there is yeah. a protective element there, but it's also still a very aggressive strategy in terms of the ceiling that they could achieve. You might say that the floor is higher for double defence based on current form, but I mean, we've been praying for a Liverpool double game week and we have got our triple captain. See chip there and I just want to go all in for it so that's kind of my stance and I, I agree that you do not have to totally rip up your team to do it it does depend on how you are set up I also don't have to get rid of KDB to fund my double up and I wouldn't be either because I've had him for so long and he's been superb um you know it's yeah I'm, I'm just going all in and I think there was there was another question we had actually from Jeff, which I believe was on Mane that or was Robinson. Well, shield. That was, um, Who's the greatest shield? But you, that's what you were basically saying is that really it's, I guess, because of you're protecting yourself from the triple captainships. Um, so Mo probably is the greater cap shield pick as much as he's also, in a way, the greatest sword I pick. I thought it was Mane. Is it Mo? No, it's Mo Salah, Mo or Robbo, um, okay. that he was mentioning, yeah. Because uh, Mo's, I, think I know Mo's ownership own, is about the same, Mo, isn't it, or similar? Mo's ownership would probably be a little bit lower than Mane at this point. Yeah. Um, they didn't oh, it is. Yeah. Their, Mane's yeah. ownership is about forty percent. I know Robbo's is nineteen percent, um, and I'd yeah, Mane's is definitely lower than. Uh, sorry, Mo's is definitely lower than Mane's. 
Um, so, yeah, maybe it's not such a difference on the ownership front between Mo and, and Robertson, but certainly that point about um, protecting against triple captaincies is a valid one in that case because you are, um, you know, kind of alluding to Mars's point on the other side, which is that you don't necessarily gain as much advantage in captaining um, these players because people are likely to own them and maybe captain them anyway. But conversely, by having them, if you're not triple captaining them, you're also protecting yourself to a degree. So um, yeah. that would be my stance there. Good stuff, Kate. Um, thanks, Amir, for that. Um, let's kick on quickly with the remaining listener questions. We got a load in and they're all in kind of varying topics. So we have them kind of in in a rapid fire round. Um, Adam P at 35Who was asking um, if you could set a New Year's resolution for one Premier, play, Premier League player, what would that be? So um, Kylie, come to you first. What would be your New Year's resolution for a player? Um, my New Year's resolution would be for Rico, and that would be to stay on my bench. That's it. <laughs> well, that's, and, you, and you're in full control of that, Kylie. Yeah. And, uh, I want him to, or, or conversely, he could just score lots of points when he actually comes off. But basically, I just, I want him to to stop being a footballer. If I had my full choice, he can choose to stop being a footballer and he can go hide in a cupboard somewhere <laughs> so I don't have to see his face ever again. <laughs> um, my, new resu- my new year resolution would be for Jesse Lingard to score or, an assist, or assist this year. Poor guy. I mean, come well, on. That's how much a does good one. That's less selfishly motivated than <laughs> How much was. does he earn? And he, he went through the four-year blessing without yes. a goal and assist or whatever. Yeah. What about you, Don? Uh, oh, I don't. Uh, listen, my uh, New Year's resolution for any player, let me think. Uh, it's kind of hard to know because I, I really can't think of Anton going much better than what it is at the moment. Rumble to get more snidey than he already is. We just <laughs> put our kids out in an FA Cup match against our biggest rivals and, <laughs> and they destroyed them. So, I mean, I think everything is working out just fine without me doing any New Year's resolution. Yeah, did, you, did, you, did you hear that? Um, uh, apparently, Everton are asking for a replay because they were tested for couple. Look yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah they were, they were. Uh, let's see here. Uh, next up, we have Jeff. Uh, hi, folks. I'm currently overall rank 4250. So, well done, Jeff. Uh, my original target was to better my highest finish of 3680. His gut feeling is now to sit on template players for a couple of months, solidify, and then go for glory if he's still in with a shot then. Do you agree, or should I go now, Marzi? I really don't know how to answer that one. I mean, I would say go for it, because what's the worst that can happen? I mean, I know your target was to go for 3,000, but you're already doing really well. Um, I would say go for it, but that, that would be me. That's my style, just to go for it. Uh, but I can imagine the temptation to... Well, you always hear people at the top saying, I'm being boring because I have the same players as everyone, but that's not boring. That's just playing tactically clever. It is, yeah. And I know that a lot of people that were at the very top, they do sometimes say that the end of season is a little bit... They don't really enjoy it too much because it is very much protecting the rank, I guess. But um, what could go worse is that he could be down at 500,000 with me, Mersey. Uh, I don't think he could get that bad. That, and, and that's and I'm below you, so don't worry about that. <laughs> no, I know I'm not. 
<laughs> uh, Kylie, uh, Toby FBL, Ali is playing Liverpool, Grealish plays Man City. He needs to sell both en route to get in Salah for the double game week, but who should he sell first? So Ali or Grealish for you? Oh, all right. Spurs being Spursy right now. Uh, to be honest, I'd say sell Ali um, because Spurs just look really uninspired. They're playing Liverpool defence next, who are looking really strong at the moment. Conversely, Grealish versus a ramshackle City defence, still without Laporte. They're probably not for much longer. Um, Port Vale's Tom Pope gets his promised goal versus Stones. It's a whole story there. I think Grealish um, could maybe get you something. It's always a risk playing someone against City. But to be honest, um you know, I know Mars has some stats on Spurs uh, without Kane, I believe, that he's going to share with us later. But um, watching them play Borough in the FA Cup was really uninspired. We did see um, them with no Kane and, and with Son playing. And historically, that has actually been really lucrative. And, I mean, you will probably have the numbers there, but I'm just talking from recollection. Um and I recall doubling up on on Spur, on um, Ali and Son during these periods historically because they did score a lot of goals. Um, but I just it's a nice segue, Kylie. Thank you. It's like you knew that okay. I had. It's like you knew that I had this information. Well, clearly I did because I already mentioned that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I would personally, I would personally be, if you know that you have to sell both anyway, I'd probably sell. Ali, just because I think the Liverpool defence is a stiffer opposition. But, you know, it's much of a muchness, really. Go with your gut. Or listen to Mars. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, and, uh, uh, are you that is, I'm going to give a question. Yeah, FBL Cobbler was asking about the Kane injury making Ali your son. And Morpheus Fire add true in more Moura into the conversation. Does that make them more or less attractive? So give us wow was what more stats, Mersey. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to somebody called Opta Joe, whoever that is, you know. <laughs> um in the last six Premier League game matches that Harry Kane has played no part in for Tottenham, they have picked five points, just five points. One win, two draws, and three losses. And scored only four goals despite attempting eighty shots. That's a, that's a 5% conversion rate for those of you who are not mathematically <laughs> right. Uh, in this period, in this period, when Is Kane was out, huh. Huh, huh, yeah. who was, who was the highest scorer for, for Spurs when Kane was out? Kylie, who do you think? Um, I would have guessed Son. Okay. Don, who do you think? Lucas Mora. So it was Lorente. They, t- they they played oh, yeah. up front, and if you remember, he scored an own goal in the first game, and then he did he scored a couple of goals against City. So he did actually, yeah. If, if you if you actually, I, I, so I, I looked at this and I started reading what the Spurs fans were saying, and one of them was was quite interesting. Dortmund were crap, and Kane scored the winner out in Germany. City literally was a var gone mad. Ajax was just an absolute miracle, and Lucas Moura uh, excellent forty five minutes for Spurs. And those Premier League games we won without Kane, all but one were against bottom half teams. People basically, so Spurs fans are saying, no, we're not a better team than Kane. We're not saying they are a, a better team without Kane, uh, but a lot of people seem to think that. It's just because but I, I think I, this I, is going further back. So, um, just this is the last six games, which actually 
makes sense now that you say it. I think we're all thinking nostalgically of a couple of seasons back when Ali was in great form, Ericsson was in form, Spurs were running amok. Um, Son didn't have his uh, guaranteed minutes necessarily then. Um, but when they were kind of at, at peak, I think there were definitely goals scored. I agree with you. I remember, I remember uh, as well. I remember, now, yeah. I remember them doing doing well. And listen, I think... Uh, I think but these are the recent stats. These are the relevant ones. You know, They are is... relevant, but don't forget that if this is a completely different manager, a completely different team. Yeah, but they uh, look crap. They do. Well, that's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem. You know? They look crap against Borough. They did. We need to see, yeah. And we need to see, you know, listen, there's, there's what, if there's one manager who knows how to, to, to spoil a party and annoy... Liverpool fans, it is Mourinho, so let's see, you know. Uh, but, but he hasn't uh, done well in the big games this season, so it'll hasn't. be very interesting. He hasn't, but, you know, again, for me, it's... Uh, by the way, I agree with you. I think if I was to sell one right now, it would probably be Ali because Greedish played City at home. It's weird, right, we say that. I mean, you're going to sell both of them anyway, so keep the... Mm. Keep, keep, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't really matter, but uh, for me... Uh, having the double Liverpool plus KDB allows me to watch what see what how Spurs will do if they do better. Do I need to go there, or am I not need to go there at all after that? But yeah, yeah. yeah that's uh, I'm despersing for 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 the benefit of Toby here. I am I'm despersing. I've Kane and Ali. Um, Kane obviously needs to go, but Ali will be going as well. Yeah, I've seen enough. Yeah. The Man City defense isn't as good as the Liverpool defense anyway. Not, nice. not, not mean to jinx at Mercy, but they aren't. So, uh, easy one there. Uh, Chady Fatel was asking Mercy, Crystal Palace not keeping clean sheets anymore. So, um, that you, is that due to some missing players or a tactical change? Roy. Uh, should we abandon ship on Guaita and or Kelly? He owns both and he has a transfer he could burn. So what's your thinking on Palace? I mean, Palace are Palace. Yes, they have a lot of injuries at the back. I think Sacco's out again uh, <clears throat> for a while. We all, most of us have Kelly. I mean, honestly, okay, I wouldn't double up, so I would get rid of one of them. Absolutely, I think if you have the money, just go Gator to to Fabianski. You keep you keep Kelly or whoever the other defender that you have. Uh, but um, is it a tactical change? No, no, it's not. It's just Palace with injuries. Uh, sometimes they'll be tight at home and sometimes they won't be. It's, it's really that simple. You are getting what you're paying for, which is cheap cheap defenders. Never rely on them, mm. unfortunately. You know, when you do, don't be surprised with what you get. Don't be surprised yeah. if you get Zahad. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, I yeah. would actually jump in and say, um, as an alternative, I mean, I think... Um, there is a, a somewhat obvious move there, as, as Mar said, um, greater to Fabianski if you're that way inclined. But if you don't want to consider West Ham defence, another defence that you could consider as either a replacement for Kelly or as a replacement for greater is actually Watford. Um, so Cathcart is only 4.3 and he plays every minute. So he's a very appropriate subs, uh, swap for Kelly. And you obviously have Foster, who is a very capable keeper as well. Um, Watford are tied with Southampton, interestingly enough, just behind Liverpool in terms of defensive rankings at the moment. Um, over the last four, they've got two clean sheets and they've only conceded two goals. Um so, I mean, they're, they're looking really solid defensively, a lot more solid than a lot, a lot of the other teams, and they're very cheap. Their next 
fixtures are Bournemouth, Tottenham, Villa, Everton, Brighton, and United. So there's a couple in there that look great, right? Bournemouth for a start. And then there's some in there that look a little bit trickier. But then if you look at the likes of Tottenham based on current form, you know, Tottenham struggled against Norwich. They've struggled against a lot of teams. So, you know, who knows? And then United, Watford are exactly the kind of team that United have struggled to score against this season. So um, the good thing about these kind of Watford ones is they're the type of players where I feel like you know in the same sense that the old Burnley used to be, you'd kind of know when to play them, play them in the optimal fixtures. And they've been keeping, I believe, most of their clean sheets at home. Um, So play them when it looks good for a clean sheet and bench them the rest of the time. But Kelly hasn't proven super lucrative. So if you wanted to go for a cast card or something, um, that's totally viable. Good stuff. Uh, Shashank Patal was actually um, asking about those Watford assets, in particular the attacking ones, Delafeu, Dini, Decore. Um, I personally am looking forward to kind of getting in uh, Delafeu in particular at some point because he definitely looks like the class act in that team. But um, what, do, what are you thinking on the Watford attacking assets, Kylie? Yeah, so this is really interesting because Watford have been flying under the radar, certainly defensively, as I've just referenced. They've been flying under the radar defensively for quite some time. Um, but now it's really where we're starting to see attack come to the fore. Um, they do have good fixtures. I just touched on them only a couple of minutes ago. Uh, fixtures that I think that they can score in. I mean, Bournemouth, Tottenham, Villa, Everton, Brighton, United. These are not teams that are striking fear into you if you have an attacking player. Um, so I, I think they could absolutely... Get something. Dini. Oh, Dini. Okay. Look, we know how Mars feels about him. I, I struggle with Dini as well. I vividly Can I just say something? Card. Can I just say something? Uh, uh, yeah. Yes. As a football, as, as an FBL player, I detest him for what he's done to me. But actually, the more I listen to him, he's a really decent human being. For what he's done, <laughs> forget his past, but the stuff that he says and the way he talks and, you know, Actually, he's a, he's a really nice guy. Back to the stats, more importantly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's hard to separate the uh, FPL anguish from um, everything else. So I, I, I get that because I feel that pain. Um, yeah, Dini's their talisman. That is a, a key thing there. Um, and actually, if you look at the st- statistics, right, so uh, on price, there's not a huge amount between them. 6.2 for Dini, 6.1 for Delafeo, 5.6 for D- uh, for Decore. So Dini's got three goals in the last four. They were all at home, incidentally. So he's averaging 2.8 shots on target over the last four, uh, 2.2 in the box, 1.2 of those blocked and 1.2 on target. He's got a 45% um, shot accuracy, 27.3% uh, conversion rate which is all very respectable. So then we look at Delafeu. He's got two goals and one assist in that same time. It's been across uh, home and away. Um, so two attempts, 1.5 in the box, 0.5 blocked, 0.5 shots on target, 25% accuracy, 25% conversion. Um, his numbers are a lot lower than Dini's, which mm, somewhat uninspired. And he has been playing most of the minutes in that period. Ducure then has one goal, one assist in that period, 1.7 attempts, 
which is not that much less than Delafeu, 0.7 of those in the box, 0.3 blocked, 0.7 shots on target, which is in fact higher than Delafeu's. So he's got a 40% shot accuracy, 20% conversion rate. He's got a lower volume of shots, but uh, slightly higher shots on target. I guess overall, what I would say is that if you're looking at 6.1 for Delafeu, pays 6.2 for Dini. He's on penalties. He is their talisman. Um, and they have decent fixtures. So I think he's a really viable option. If you just say you're short on Ings or don't want to come to the party just yet, uh, or, you know, given that it may be maybe too late or everyone's got him and you kind of want something a bit different, or maybe you don't want uh, Calvert-Lewin. I think Deeney is a really viable option for much the same reasons as Watford defence is. Um, but statistically, he's certainly the one that looks the better pick in addition to having the, the penalties there. Kylie, what do you think? Uh, any, any thoughts on Saar? Because he's looking really promising. I know it wasn't in the Original question, but he's also around the 6.2, I believe. I would say I would prefer him to the core for sure. Yeah. And with, with the forwards that we have, we have so many, you know, Ings, Vardy, Jimenez, Rashford, etc. I don't know if I would want to fit Dini in there, Calvert Lewin, Mopai, others. Saar could be that fourth midfielder as a punt. It's somebody that I'm definitely eyeing uh, instead of doubling up with Torori and Jimenez, for example, go, go somewhere different, trying to do something different to everybody else. Um, he, he's looked, he's yeah. looked really promising. He's looked really, his ownership is less than 1%. I know, he's, but was he 6.2? Is that right? He's about think, that, isn't he? I think he's 6.2, yes. Yeah. It, and my guess is his ownership, just despite doing really well recently, is uh, quite low because that feels slightly rich. Um, I mean, I guess names like Dukure, Delafeu, Dini, they're all kind of, we sort of know what we're getting with them. Um, Saar is a little bit different and he's not that much less than Grealish. So that could put a lot of people off. But a lot of the same things that would make me say Dini looks a decent pick apply to Saar as well. And if you're looking for a differential and um, you're looking for that fourth midfielder slot and you have that much money available, then absolutely I think is worth consideration. I think Watford in general have finally come to the fore. I think that they will probably do enough to stay out of relegation. Yeah, surprisingly, last, because last... I would have said they were assert to be relegated, but they're looking stronger all over. Now, is that a short-term thing? Who knows? But, but the fact that they have Dini back, they are. You're not going to bring in Saar or Dini or any of these guys mm. long-term. This is really an enablement piece for most people. You're looking yeah. at cheaper options somewhere down from Ali to Saar or, you know, down from Kane to Adini to enable you to invest your money in Liverpool primarily at the moment. So um, with that in mind, I think they're all worthy of consideration and it's really nice to have some differential options to look at. Yeah. In the last four games, he's got two goals and two assists. That's um, incredible. It's really good yeah. recent form. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, you know, um, yeah, it's just an option. I think it's a good option. Uh, and he's at 0.8 ownership at the moment. So I see his name a lot at the moment. Well, we say a lot. We've, we've realised that Twitter, yeah. but Twitter, we've realised Twitter is such a small uh, mm. segment of the game, right? So we need to be careful when we say we see it a lot. But on Twitter, FBL, you see a lot of people talking about him. And I can see why. Mm. Yeah. 
Um, the last of our questions before we get to our random question from Jeff. Um, this is just a quick one, K. There's just basically a lineup decision from Colum O'Connella. Was um, he has a bunch of options who I don't really think are benchable players, including KDB, like and the, I think Salah or Mane were involved there too. Um, even what may look like tougher fixtures. For me, like the, his lineup decision really comes down to Grealish versus City or Ings at Leicester. If you had to come down on one side, Kay, which side are you going to come down on that one? That's really tough because um, they're both form players. Uh, but do you know what? Leicester's defence hasn't been as good lately uh, as it was, right? And um, Southampton are in excellent form at the moment. And I just probably wouldn't bet against Ings if I had him in my team. I, you know, I think that fixture might be enough to put people off buying him. But benching him, if he scores, it's a guaranteed nine-pointer. Grealish, yeah. of course, could have had two goals and an assist um, last game week. So, you know, that feels heavy duty. But, I, you know, while I think he could definitely get returns against City, um, I yeah. still Thanks. probably would reluctantly bench him over Ings. Yeah. I'd agree with that one. Um, our, our random question from Jeff at FBL Thunder. Um, I've bumped into that leprechaun again from last year. As it is New Year's, he is prepared to help us each out with a resolution. He guarantees it will be 100% successful. We'll feel no hardship and you'll not miss anything you give up. So uh, what is it? Mersey first. Oh, easy. Just lose weight and be healthy. If there's going to be no hardship, I'm not going to miss anything. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say that I'd be able to just get straight out of bed, straight down 100 press-ups, 100 sit-ups, and not even <laughs> not miss my bed. <laughs> not miss my bed and not miss, um, you know, and not feel the pain afterwards. But uh, Kylie, how about yourself? Um, okay, well, I was just going to say I, I've committed to doing dry January. Uh, so some help with that. Because the minute I get an invitation to a social gathering, I'm... I'm going to struggle. But if the leprechaun okay. makes it fine. Just, yeah, yeah, you won't be, you won't be kind of antsy with your podcast friends around, you know, like yeah. you're. Just, it's working right. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be able to be like, yeah, yeah. You know, I did try January. It was fine. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Uh, f- let's kick on quickly with our captain picks and our game week plans for the coming game week. Uh, I'll come to you first on the Kylie. Uh, lie to the listeners yet again. I've already told the listeners what I'm doing this game week. So uh, Salah is coming in this game week and I'm despersing. So so it's uh, Captain Ali this game week. and <laughs> God, no. So on yeah. captaincy, this is quite difficult because I'm looking at a situation where I'll have um, Vardy if he ever returns because Brendan Rodgers is a liar. Um I've got, uh, and against Southampton, then I've got um, De Bruyne against Villa. I've got uh, Salah and Mane against a really crap, frankly, Spurs defence. And Gazzaniga doesn't exactly, like, send shivers down my spine in terms of um, his ability to defend the goal. So it's, there's a lot. Um, of temptation actually to to go for one of my Liverpool players um, because I think they could do well. But 
it's one of those things where it's kind of hard to call which one I don't necessarily think they would both return points in that game so perhaps owning the two of them is sufficient um, and I think it'll come down to news about Vardy uh, so I I would need to see something from <laughs> Rogers that reassures me that Vardy is playing because I don't think I have it in me to have uh, another week like last game week. Yeah. I really hope there's nothing actually wrong with, you know, Vardy's misses or the baby or anything like that. Yeah. Um, preface this by saying that like that. I really hope there's no real world thing, but God, that has pissed me off. It's two weeks in a row now, Vardy captain, and uh, it's come down to my voice. One week, didn't even get a player playing, a captain pick playing. And, um, yeah. But I hope there's nothing seriously wrong anyway, which obviously would put Anthony. Apparently it's a tight calf, but it, yeah. The fact that he hasn't been in the squad and we haven't had any news always makes us a little bit nervous. Apparently he trained fine. Apparently he trained fine. We we will know we will know depending on what team they put against Villa and if like you know I expect him to maybe even be on the bench if he doesn't start if they don't go with the strongest team but you know this is less the chance of winning a cup. I see them going strong team. Um personally. Yeah. So we'll see. And uh, Marzi, what about yourself for the game week? What's your plans? Yeah, so uh, Kane and uh, Target for uh, Trent. So Trent is back. I have two free transfers. And I'm going with a punt on Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I'm hoping Uh. that... I'm hoping that the... Yeah. Uh, I'm, um, I wanted something different to Ings just because. I, listen, I will end up on Ings. I just see an opportunity where they have tougher fixtures, and I wanted something different to try and catch up on those owners, hoping that Everton actually get the kick up the ass they need after losing to the kids and mm. and deliver in the league. So it's a punt. It's a punt literally for four or five game weeks. I have the uh, and I can go to Ings easily, and I will. Um, just I didn't want him against Liverpool. I agree. Leicester is, you know, maybe, maybe not. Wolves, maybe, maybe not. And I think they have one easy, one easy-ish game. Uh, he could hurt me, but I'm hoping just something. I, I want to do something different rather than just straight away go to Ings. They have a, a fantastic run after Liverpool, which is when I'll go to him. Yeah. Um, My no, captain. I can't really argue with that. Sorry. No, you can't really argue with that logic. I mean, uh, uh, DCL is a fine shout. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, my captain is on Vardy at the moment. Just going to take it nice and easy. Unless, as we said, we hear something or we're unsure, then I might go with KDB at, at Cripple Villa. But just think, you know, again, we'll see what teams they put out in the Carling Cup. <clears throat> um, I'm hoping Southampton are wounded and want to go there and show Leicester that they don't want to lose 9-0 again and then open the game up for Vardy and then he can do his baby his belated baby celebration, hopefully. Mm. Um, by the way, our listeners are probably going, why are they laughing at Dunn saying about, uh, about DCL being a good shout? But, uh, we'll just keep that under the, under the, um, the bonnet, will we, Kylie? Yeah? Well, I think it's pretty obvious now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mars but, is uh, just copying my transfers. That's all. Uh, yeah, it's, it's both. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just like you copying yeah. Salah and Don is yeah, copying yeah, everybody yeah, else. Yeah, just yeah, like yeah, everyone yeah. else is copying Salah. Uh, yeah. Like so, I said, uh, the winners are the ones that jumped yeah, early. Does anyone want my captain pick? Are you just going to bicker back and forth? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm sorry. Don, based on what happened in the last two weeks, please tell me who's your vice captain. Who's your vice captain? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I've no, I need to know who is captaining captain. so I captain uh, someone else. It's Mane captain and Salah vice captain. Um, I think I'll just I think I'll just stick with that for a while. I have the two of them. So, um, so I'll definitely not captain one of them then. Well, look, you have to you have to you have to make your own decisions, Kylie. You know I can't keep on thinking for you. Come here, that's all we got time for on tonight's show. Uh, we have been Mars. You can find at Mars zero five on Twitter. Kylie, you can find at Kylie FBL, and do remember to send her plenty of wine gifts over this month of January. Uh, <laughs> You can find at the Marple Curse. And of course, make sure you're following our group account at Three Amigos FPL. Thanks as always for listening and your continued support. Good luck in game week 22. Adios, amigos. One for each other and all for one. The three brave amigos are we. Brother to brother and everyone. A brave amigo.